Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning once again, and thank you everybody for joining us uh, live this morning here on the Women of Golf Show. Again, I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is LPJ professional and Legends Tour player Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? How are you, <laughs> How are you doing? Full, full of vim and vigor this morning, Cindy. Good. I'm always glad to hear uh, your ready voice on the show. Yeah, and 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 uh, I hope you had a great uh, Labor Day weekend. How was your long weekend? Uh, it was good. It was good. Did a little work. Did a little learning. What'd you do? I actually um, kind of just relaxed a little bit. You know, usually on the weekends I I get busy like you do with a lot of different projects and things like that. And I just said, you know what? I know it's Labor Day weekend, and you're uh, hence the word labor. But I, I thought, no, I'm going to make this a rest weekend. So I just kind of took it easy. And, and of course, I, I kept a watchful eye, as many did here in the nation, um, about uh, Hurricane uh, Dorian, which uh, has been hitting the uh, Bahamas here the last uh, 24 to 48 hours. And uh, fortunately, it looks like, Cindy, it's not going to make landfall here in Florida. Uh, it's just going to kind of skirt the edge. But uh, they're now saying, predicting that it's going to possibly hit landfall uh, somewhere in the Carolinas. So our thoughts and prayers are obviously first and foremost with those in the Bahamas that uh, have been weathering the storm the last uh, day or so, and uh, obviously uh, for those that are uh, going to continue to be in its path, and hopefully maybe it'll take a very sharp uh, dogleg right, if you will, and uh, head back out to sea and, and fizzle away. But uh, we're glad everybody's uh, joining us this morning, and uh, we got a great show for you this morning. Uh, we've got a, a young lady that's uh, back again. Uh, she's uh, here actually for her third time. She's won three events now this past weekend. Of course, I'm talking about Patty uh, Tevatanikit. Uh, she joined us uh, a couple of months ago, I believe, uh, celebrating uh, another win, which is her second win. And uh, she just won this past weekend, making it her third, uh, the Sioux Falls Great Life Challenge on the Symmetra Tour. So she's well on her way uh, to getting out uh, for next season on the uh, LPJ Tour, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, when she joins us. And a little bit later on, uh, Cindy, we're going to be joined by Maggie Will, the uh, founder of will to golf and she's a three-time LPJ Tour winner as well. So uh, we're going to talk to her, but uh, first, let me tell you uh, just a little bit about Patty, and then uh, Cindy, just to remind the, the listeners that maybe didn't join us the first time, uh, and we'll bring her out. Uh, Patty is, of course, a native of Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, she's attended the uh, Kirapat International School in her native country. Uh, was a winner of the Callaway Junior Golf uh, Championship in 2014 and named the 2016 American Junior Golf Association uh, AG, uh, AJGA Player of the Year. Uh, she's also a two-time AJGA winner in 2016 at Ping International uh, Invitational and Rolex Tournament of Champions. 
she also, as I mentioned, she stepped in the winner's circle as a, a winner this uh, season, her uh, first professional win actually at the 2019 Donald uh, Ross Classic, uh, and then captured her second win in July at the Danielle Downey Credit Union Classic, and as I just mentioned a moment ago, uh, captured her third Symmetra Tour win this season uh, with the Sioux Falls Great Life Challenge. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Patty Tamatanikit. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, guys. Hi again. <laughs> you getting sick Yeah, hi. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hi again. Um, hi. Congratulations, Patty. This is win number three. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> now, do you automatically wow, you must be get getting... to go right on the LPGA Tour with that? Um, no, they don't do the promotion battlefield anymore, so... Um, I'm here in Kansas. I'm playing another event, and then uh, I'm going back to LA after this. And then hopefully, um, hope I'm hoping for a week off, a good week off. And then I'm still deciding if I should go to Alabama, but then I'll play the last two in Florida. So yeah, that's my plan so far. You need some rest. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was gonna- well, let me let me just very quickly, Cindy, and then we'll we'll get into our discussion. Very quickly, put this in perspective. Uh, in the last eight events, uh, Patty has won three, so she's almost batting fifty percent uh, success rate in the last eight events. So, uh, quite a, a a feat. And and Patty, let me just very quickly say before we we get into uh, a little bit about the tournament, um, you've got to be really really excited, not just for the win. But the fact that this was your first professional win here out on the Symmetra Tour um, a few months ago, and now here you are just a couple of months later, now you're celebrating your third. That's got to be a little bit of a shock to the system, don't you think? Um, It is a little bit of a shock for me, but then at the same time, you know, like playing golf so much. I've, I've been playing golf so much for the past, Three months that I turned pro, and I've never really experienced that um, in my life. I just, you know, like go to school and <clears throat> study and play golf. But now that I'm actually like doing this almost every day, I feel like I'm getting really kind of like used to the game and just more like comfortable on the course, which is good. And I feel like that comfortness on the course like helped me perform better in in the sense that like oh, I'm like I'm not thinking too much about um, miss hitting a shot because, like, I have more shots ahead of me. So I just think that, you know, playing a lot of golf have kind of helped me, you know, win a couple of tournaments just because, like, I'm I'm more comfortable on the course. Yeah, and, and obviously your, your confidence level has got to really be soaring right now. Um, you know, obviously the first win, it's kind of a – you know, definitely a little bit of a shock to the system. I mean, it's a, a well-deserved and earned shock, but, um, you know, then you round it out, like I said, in July with your second wind, and that sort of reinforces the first win. But now with the third win, now you can kind of breathe a little bit easier for the rest of the remaining of the season as you get prepared to, uh, as you said, uh, look forward to uh, a promising career on the LPGA as well. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you might have some questions as well, so uh, I'll let you go first. Tell us what you're comfortable with, because it's not that you don't think. It's the fact that you're mm-hmm. 
you're using your right brain just to do what you've practiced your whole life yeah. to do. Uh-huh. So now uh-huh. it's just it's all falling into place, which has got to make it easier and a lot more fun. But yeah, um, what yeah. is the biggest difference with your right brain just allowing? You know what I mean? Just to just to play yeah, golf I, and have yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to compare myself to when I was in college, um, uh, exactly three months ago, I was in, I was at national playing, um, that mindset was kind of like weird, like, yeah, like we've been playing tournaments for the whole season, but at the same time, it's like, like, I didn't really play that much golf and like, I don't really know my shots for this week. So like figuring out my shot for the week was kind of hard, um, like, not hard, but, like, was kind of vague, I think, for my, like, amateur career. Like, oh, like, I'm not going to stick to this one thing, one particular thing or drill. Um, for, for this week, it was just, like, you know, like, you go out there and you play. You're trying to get out there. But now that I'm, like, out here, I'm, I feel like I'm more focused on what I need to work on and what I need to focus throughout the round. So, I mean, like, going back to play box, think box, and memory box um, that I told you about Vision 54, which is which has right. helped me tremendously on staying focused um, in my shot. But, yeah, like, here and there, I still complain. I still, you know, have, like, the negativity around me and complain about the results and stuff. But at the, at the end of the day, each shot, um, I'm in my play box, and I'm really focusing on what I need to be not thinking about, but what I need to be conscious about throughout my swing, throughout my putting stroke, throughout my shot. So that has helped me become more comfortable on the course. And I think um, that comfortness, like, kind of makes me worry less about where my ball's going to go and, like, where am I going to make this putt. But, yeah, obviously, you know, like, I'm still outcome-oriented because that's the nature of every golfer. Um, but I would say it's less than I what I used to be when I was an amateur, yeah. So more more focused on the task at hand rather than the outcome. Yes. Awesome. We all need hmm. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well said. It's, it's easy. It's very well. easy to say, but you know, like on the course, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent like that. But I do try to be. I do try to be positive. I do try to just focus on my play box and just evaluate the good, good enough and great um, stuff out of it. So it is, um, it is still a challenge for me to do, and I'm, I'm practicing every single round. So um, gradually and consistently, I'm getting better, and I'm hoping to be a better um, mental player as well, not just golf skill. So yeah. Well, and that all needs to happen in order to become, you know, a Hall of Fame player, which I'm sure that's your long-term goal. So yes, good for you for staying on, you know, the next shot is, you know, I've got to stay focused here, and if I do that and I complete it, then I'm going to get what I want eventually anyway. Mm-hmm. Good job. Ted? Yeah, well said. You know, um, I, I think that, as a player, as you develop, uh, you know, your skills, not just 
on the physical part of the game, but the mental side of the game as well. You obviously become more comfortable and, and as I said, confident with, with the shots, but you, you become more aware of yourself and, and your surroundings, and you're not really, as you said, um, Patty, you know, overthinking uh, the process, and you're sort of staying in mm-hmm. the moment, getting in that the appropriate box at the appropriate time. I just want to point out a couple things about the tournament here, just to put things in perspective for those that are tuning into the broadcast. Um, mm-hmm. This, of course, was your third win, as I mentioned, of the season. Um, you actually uh, birdied number 18 in regulation uh, to um, cap a final round eight under par 62 and take the clubhouse lead, if you will, at 13 under par mm-hmm. overall, uh, which put mm-hmm. you in a playoff because uh, somebody a few groups behind you, Yu Jong Sun uh, from Korea, uh, drained her own birdie uh, in yeah. a final pairing, and, and um, you were forced to go back to 18 uh, in a sudden death playoff. Um, so first off, let me ask you, uh, obviously that's got to be a little bit of, as I say, a nail biter. You're waiting in the clubhouse and you're, you're kind of uh, mm-hmm. in a position that, okay, the tournament's mine. And then all of a sudden somebody comes up and drains uh, a putt similar to yours. And now you're forced mm-hmm. to play off. What do you do? Do you shift your, your state of mind at that point or what happens? What's the process from that point as you get ready to, to battle it out with, with the other player? Well, first off, um, waiting in the clubhouse, I don't really think that it's mine yet because I know when it could happen in golf. Um, and, yeah, I happened to be on 18 and watched her drain that putt. So it, it was pretty cool. Um, she's really clutch. And I've known Yu Jong for the longest time. We play AJGA together. We play a couple of the Metro Tour events together. So, yeah, we're good friends. And um, she's been playing solidly, consistently for the past a couple of tournaments now. And I'm just, like, happy for her to see that she's doing well. So, um, forcing well, – when she forced me back into the playoff, I was kind of like, okay, this is going to be fun. But you know what? No matter what, <laughs> if I finish second, if I win, I'm going to move up the money list. So, <clears throat> my goal for the week, my goal that I set for the day has already accomplished. So, I just go out there and play golf. Um, it didn't really right. make me well, – yeah, I, I would say I just go out there and play golf. And I'm like, okay, let's just play another 18 hole. And, and another, like, hole, I meant, on 18. Um, And I happened to make a birdie. And so that was kind of, like, shocking because I didn't really make putts for the past three days. And then that day happened to be my putting day. So it was just kind of, yeah, crazy that, like, how many birdies I've made to caught up with the lead and everything. <laughs> Well, and, and again, let me just put it in perspective for the listeners. Um, you know, the word you used was actually very surreal. Um, you actually didn't expect to to get this win. Um, you know, you entered the day six shots back of the lead, so you were quite a ways back uh, going into the to the final round of the tournament. Um, but you obviously uh, hope to play well and, and climb the leaderboard, uh, leaderboard, if you will. Uh, to obviously move yourself, uh, obviously ultimately win the tournament, but to move yourself up that money list. Um, and you had kind of a, a, a initial goal, if you will, is you wanted to be the first player out there to win three times this year. And as you yeah. put it, you very successfully accomplished that goal. And uh, I like this little phrase as well, that uh, hard work really pays off. So, mm-hmm. you know, first off, let's go back to the beginning of that that statement, and that is you found it very surreal because you really mm-hmm. didn't expect to to win was it because you were far back or you weren't maybe as um, confident on that particular day or what was your thought process? Well, my thought was, yeah, my, my, my hitting 
get there. Like, if I make putts for the past three days, I'd be, like, six, five shots ahead of everyone in the field going to the final round. But um, my, my hitting's been really good, and it's just like I'm not making putts. And so going into final day, I was hoping to stick to the same play box and try to sink in the good shots I hit so I can repeatedly do that. And hopefully the putt drops, like one or two, you know, just if I shoot like four, like three or even one under, hopefully I move up the leaderboard. Hopefully I'll get a bigger check. But um, Mm -hmm. I didn't really think about winning at all that day. It was just like it comes by itself kind of. But when I made that birdie, birdie eagle, I was kind of like, okay, um, the eagle's here. And, like, I'm really superstitious sometimes. So... Um, when the eagle comes, I think like something's happening. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna wait and see what's what's gonna happen today. Um, yeah, which uh, which which was kind of it was kind of crazy because I played with Sophia um, Sophia on the on the third round and like she's solid. So I was like, okay, like it's gonna be hard to climb back up the leaderboard again and. Um, you know, like I said, anything could happen in golf, and she didn't really play well the last day. And Yu Jong solidly shot four over. Um, like, I didn't really, like, kind of think about, oh, I have to, you know, make another birdie to climb up the leaderboard and now that I'm, like, in the league. But it was just – it happened so fast. Even, like, in the front nine, I shot um, six under. Yeah, and it was kind of like, oh, that happened. Like, it was really fast. Um, and then I turned on to the, the back nine. I was kind of like, okay, you know, just let the momentum going. Whatever happens, happens. Now that you have the sticks under in your pocket, there's no way you're moving down the leaderboard. So just play golf. Um, and, yeah. And then I bogey 10, and I dropped on a three birdies to, to uh, finish with one shot ahead of everyone on the field um, at the moment. So it was, it was kind of cool. Um to see that I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it, it adds to your confidence. I mean, it shows you that, you know, even during adverse uh, circumstances that you know that you can dig yourself out of that hole a little bit. I mean, six under is a lot, you know, one or two shots, you know, it's a little bit, you know, you, you've still got plenty of breathing room, you know, you can, uh, you know, overcome that, but six shots is a pretty big deficit to have to try and dig yourself out of, especially in a final round. If you had a couple of, you know, maybe if it was in the third round, you know, again, you've got mm-hmm. uh, a couple of days to to sort of build that back up. But when you're in the final round coming six shots back and then to ultimately win, that's a pretty big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And obviously that has to give you, yeah. uh, as I said, a, a real boost of confidence. Now, you mentioned also very quickly, and then, Cindy, I'll, I'll bounce it back to you for, for a closeout. Um, you mentioned about, of course, the, the battle feed promotion is no longer uh, in play. So you, you've got to still mm-hmm. earn your way back out there. What do you think that you need? Yeah. I mean, you're in, I think, the number two position for, with the Volvic race for the card, so you're in a, a very good spot, but um, anything can happen in these last, uh, um, you know, few events uh, on this Metro Tour. So what do you think your game plan is going to be from this here on out? Are you just going to sort of hold the, the course steady, uh, or are you going to continue to be, you know, somewhat of an aggressive player and, and get out there and, and try to get the job done again to, to really solidify your, your position? Um. What I'm trying to do now is just, you know, like, improve as a better golfer. So, yeah, go out there and be fearless because you will never improve if you play with fear. 
Um, that's my model too. And I just think that, you know, whatever you do, you just got to invest your time and energy in it. So, well, right now, technically I'm working on getting my swing right and my putting stroke um, on a good tempo. So I'm just going to keep doing that and keep focusing on that and put that in my play box. Um, especially with putting, it helped a lot. Um, I'm just going to, yeah, keep having a, the right play box and trying to improve my memory box as in um, I will probably try to be better at sunking in like good shots and what what was good about each shot and just kind of move on from there. Um, in terms of goal, yeah, I'm, I'm second in the money list and um, Kareen texted me on the last day um, after I won, she was like, okay, now you secure your car. You can chill down or you can, <laughs> so she told me I can chill down. But, um, for me, I think it's not just that it's like, it's not the end of the road yet. I have three more, four more tournaments to play. And of course, like every time I'm out there in the field, I want to beat everyone deep down, but not like figuratively. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, maybe, maybe, yeah, another win would be great, but now that I have three wins out here, I'm pretty in a smooth sailing position, so I'm just going to go out there and play golf and try to be a happy golfer. But in terms well, of I'm, goals, and now, yeah, I'm only like 300, no, 3,000 bucks behind Perrine, so let's see if I can catch that and become number one <laughs> at the end of the season, so. Yeah, that, that's that's a challenge for me. That's a new challenge that I want to try to do. But if I don't get it, then it's fine because you know, ultimately, I just want to come out here, come out here and get my tour cards, which um, it's I'm in a good position. So yeah. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that, and I I like two of your your comments. I mean, you know, you want to play without fear, and that's important, I think, for anything in life, but particularly as a player out on tour. You know, if you become fearful of, of everything that you do, then that can kind of put you in a, in a negative uh, position and, and uh, ultimately hurt you long term. Um, but also, mm-hmm. you know, you've got you to keep pushing yourself. You know, you've got to keep, um, you know, you're in the number two spot right now, but you're knocking on the door to the number one spot. So you're in close proximity of uh, the other young lady there. And uh, you're going to try to push through and, and uh, you know, uh, volley if you will for that position and I think that's a good goal to have um Cindy any final thoughts or or questions for for Patty how many events are left well we have this is and then we have four more left on Symmetra Tour we have four more tournaments left and um there's three I think one yeah the next three would be 175 grand purse and then the last one will be 225 purse. So, yeah, the purse is obviously big and, you know, like anything could happen. That's why everyone's playing every single event from now on because, like, the purse is bigger. And so if someone were to happen to win or, like, finish high, then they'll get a lot of money to move up the money list. So, yeah. Got it. Well, congratulations. I I'm going to suggest you keep doing what you're doing because obviously it's working and have mm-hmm. fun and play fearless and congratulations and good luck. And, and thank you so much. You come back. 
when you went on the LPGA tour? Oh, yeah, for sure. Anytime, you guys. Okay, thank you. Good luck, <laughs> sweetie. Well, thank you this. so much. Yeah, we thank you. We appreciate it, Patty. Yes, best of luck again, and congratulations on win number three on the Symmetra Tour. And uh, uh, keep, as Cindy said, keep playing, keep playing fearless. And and um, I, I think you've got a, a very promising career. And you're welcome to come back anytime. So good luck this week, and uh, don't you. forget to have some fun. Okay, thank you so much for having me today. All right, we appreciate day. it. Thank you, Patty. All right, that was Patty Tavitanikit, uh, winner of the Sioux Falls Great Life Challenge uh, just this past weekend on the Symmetra Tour. So obviously she was having a very enjoyable Labor Day weekend, uh, winning out uh, uh, her event. Now, Cindy, I know you, before um, uh, Maggie comes on board, uh, I know you were busy. Uh, what, you, uh, what have you been up to the last uh, few weeks? I went to Pinehurst where I played, and I did not play fearless. <laughs> uh, number eight, uh, yeah, I was trying to help the ball go somewhere. I had some good shots and some terrible shots. I made the cut, but I was not happy with my performance. And then I went to Denver, and I was learning. I'm working with a guy by the name of Pete Vargas from Advance Your Reach, and I'm learning how to grow my speaking business and corporate training business. So I had a very good time out there. Very good. Well, speaking of corporate training and corporate business, uh, I know we've got a great little promotional spot uh, that we've got lined up here for you, Cindy. So why don't you just very quickly uh, set it up and we'll play that. And then we'll introduce Maggie Will and bring her out uh, for the second half of the show. Well, everyone, uh, as you'll hear on the on the little spot here, uses the game of golf as a business tool. So have a listen. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to cindymillerinc.com. Well said. And don't forget those tuning into the show to go to cindy at cindymillerinc.com at the end of the show, and uh, you can find out how to get in touch with uh, uh, Cindy Miller and, and do just that. So a uh, great uh, promotional spot. All right, Cindy, well, we've got another uh, – successful veteran, if you will, of the LPGA Tour. In fact, she's a three-time winner on tour and a long-time tour veteran, uh, very experienced golf instructor and innovator, uh, former uh, college golfer as well as a college golf coach, and founder of will to golf the most comprehensive online golf tournament search and schedule building site for junior golfers. Uh, lean, uh, leaning on her more than 40 years uh, in the golf world uh, in her experiences as a player, teacher professional, and coach, uh, Maggie has built the premier web resource that guides junior golfers of all ages and all skill levels as they create their path to playing uh, in their own opportunities. So, uh, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest in the second half of the show, Maggie Will. Good morning, my buddy. Good morning, Cindy. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm learning so much. Well, cool. We're so glad you're here. So tell us what will to golf is and why you started it. 
Wow. Well, it is the world's largest database of tournaments that a junior golfer can play, and that includes everything from nine holes all the way through the U.S. Open. And we rate those events so that a junior coming out of even um, PGA Junior League can find events that match their level, and we help guide you from level to level. So that's what we do inside of the site. There's a college piece to that uh, that we'll get to later. But um, what inspired me to do it was actually my time in coaching college golf and seeing all of the pain points of the junior golfers, of the parents, um, of the college coaches even. So the database originally evolved around just kids navigating the college, but then I realized there's even a bigger piece is how do I even take that first step to even think about getting there and, and where should I play and what should I do? And that's what spurred me to gather this database of over 13,000 events annually that someone can search for throughout the U.S. and Canada, you know, by location, by age, by name, by date, and, and build a playing calendar in, you know, like 15, 20 minutes. I had a young man in the mountains of North Carolina send me an email after he joined, and I could see right there in 15 minutes he built a schedule, and he said, wow, that was incredible. That used to take us 20 to 30 hours because in the mountains of North Carolina, he had to go into Tennessee, into Georgia, into Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia, and even parts of West Virginia to find tournaments to play. So he said his table looked like Golf Central with all of the papers printed out every year and the highlights, and the paper never went away until fall. So now they can do it online and are very happy with the site, and I get that a lot. So it's kind of kind of cool and um, very exciting for me. I had no idea that it did that much stuff. So I need to go log in and, and look at this because I've got a bunch of juniors right now that I need to have um, join the site. So tell us what how they would do that because I told one of my kids that she needed to listen to the radio show today so that she could learn more. So pretend you're speaking to a junior golfer right now who really wants to play college golf. What's the first step and how do they go about this? Well, joining the site is really cheap. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's very inexpensive, uh, $75 to join. And, uh, then it's $10, um, a month. And as a matter of fact, Cindy, I'm even going to um, put a code in. So if your listeners can wait until give me 15, 20 minutes after the show, I'll have a code there for them that they can enter and get $25 off the membership. So it'll only cost them $50 to join and $10 a month. Um, and we're going to call that code CM Golf. How about that? So Cindy Miller Golf, G-O-L-F, we'll let you put it up on your website as well. That way folks can see it. Uh, but you got to give me maybe 15, 20 minutes after we get off this call to uh, load that code in there for them. Um, so anyway, awesome. first thing, sign up. <laughs> and once you sign up, you'll get a series of emails that will explain to you how to build your profile, how to find events. Um, we also have a tab right at the top that says student athletes start here and you know we walk you through the things that you need to do to 
get yourself organized. Um, you can enter your scores after you've played an event. You can find events that you played in three years ago even and enter them into your calendar and uh, put your scores in there so that you can see your year-by-year -year score. You can see your five most recent scores. You can see your five best scores. And ironically, that's a lot of what the college coaches are interested in is how low can you go and how are you trending right now? So we, we try to show the things that we know a college coach is looking for. That is awesome. Ted? Um, well, Maggie, welcome to the show. I'm Ted Odorico, and um, thank you for, for joining us this morning. And, and I found it very interesting when Cindy um, mentioned to me that you were going to be a guest on the show. I found it very interesting because, you know, as I'm sure Cindy does, we often get asked by a lot of our junior golfers that, you know, are interested in playing in uh, collegiate golf and ultimately, you know, maybe going on to one of the tours a little bit later on, you know, how do I go about getting the information I need to make an informed decision? So obviously this was sort of the thought process, correct, in putting together this site at some point. You wanted to give a vessel, if you will, to help some of these junior golfers sort of navigate and find their way uh, into that position. Would that be pretty accurate? Yeah, that, that certainly would be. And, and, again, that was sort of my first premise was coming out of college golf and, and seeing the pain of the junior golfer and the parent um, when they had come to visit me or we had finally met somewhere. And, you know, it's like, where were you two years ago, right? And I'm thinking, where were you two years ago? So that was the <laughs> premise of really uh, the getting started point. And then as I started digging into it, I realized that there was no national database. Every other sport, it's very simple. You, you, you sign up for the Little League, and they just literally walk you from, from uh, level to level. They tell you what to wear, when to show up. And golf is just um, enormously, enormously fragmented. Um, and so my goal was to try to organize that and make it simpler uh, for folks to find one place to go and then start walking them through the levels there. Um, with that being said, obviously there are so many different paths that you can take, uh, you know, mm -hmm. to get to your end goal. And that end goal for, for some may or may not be playing college golf. You know, it may just be you know, my, my child plays another sport or another sport, and we want to see which sport that's going to be so we can help them economically find events to play that aren't going to break their bank and uh, give them a chance to see which sport is going to be my sport because today's college coach is now starting to go, hmm, I like that these juniors are playing more than one sport, whereas a few years ago it was all about specialization. So I think this American developmental model of um, multi-sport is um, bringing that sort of back in vogue that we're going to allow our junior mm -hmm. golfers to play some basketball in the winter or, you know, play uh, lacrosse in the fall and golf in the spring. And uh, super exciting because I was a multi-sport athlete and uh, I just, you know, it was just good to get all of, to learn all of that, right? It's good for your brain. Um, so that, that was, uh, yeah, the, the premise was, certainly around what most people's end goal is playing college golf, but then realizing that everybody may or may not get there, but we can help them 
you know, sort of dip their toe in, find events to play, um, find events when they're going to visit their grandparents for a week in the Ozark, you know, from uh, right. upstate New York, or they're going to Florida in the winter, right? And it costs, you know, $450 to play PGA National when they can sign up and maybe play uh, the um, Gold Coast Junior Tour, and it'll cost them 25 bucks to go play in a 18-hole junior tournament, right? Meet some kids from another place and right. maybe learn something that way. Right. Well said. The other thing, Maggie, that I wanted to ask you, just to, to go back a little bit, uh, obviously you were a collegiate player and then ultimately went on to be uh, a college golf coach. In addition to obviously having a strong playing ability, what are some other things, just for, for the listeners out there, particularly the parents that are tuning into the show that maybe have a junior golfer and they're kind of sitting on the fence, the, the kid's not clear, I mean, they may have aspirations of you know, getting into a collegiate program, um, but the parents want some direction. As a coach, what were some of the other things that you look for in a player um, that might help parents and the, the child to kind of decide, okay, this is what I want to do and this is what I know they're going to be looking for? Well, every coach looks for something different. <laughs> and every coach looks <laughs> for something different every day, right? One day it's strawberry ice cream, the next day it's coconut, the next day it's coffee toffee. Um, that, that, the reason for that is that the, the landscape is, is very fluid. Um, you know, we're talking about a uh, college coach managing, uh, young adults from 18 to 22. And, uh, with that comes a lot of things, right? Boyfriends, girlfriends, changing majors, problems at home. My golf game's falling apart. I don't understand this class and, or, God, the, 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 the kids become a rock star and they're leaving school early to go on the tour. So right. the, the landscape's constantly changing. So parents get really set on what is the magic? You know, what is that one answer that they're looking for? And if I had to say there was one thing they were looking for um, or list a couple of things in order, I would say first thing is scoring, right? They, they want a junior golfer who's going to come to college and help them, right? So looking at what the team's scoring average is and do you have the scores to help that team? Then you have a fighting chance of getting a return phone call or getting some interest. Um, with now the new rules in place at Division One, where they can't contact you back until – junior year and or even take your phone call until June 15th between your sophomore and junior year, that makes things even trickier uh, because at least before you could call in and they could at least take your call, right? So someone could call ahead and say, John right. is calling and they would take your call. Um, currently, I would say the magic sauce is going and visiting these schools as a student, that's what they're really after. They want to know that you want to come there. You're going to stay there. This is your place, whether you play golf or not. And that, that earns big points with all college coaches. So, uh, you know, just, just writing to 20 schools randomly and you know nothing about one of them, uh, it, it's not going to get the job done. You know, you want to, right. you want to build buckets of reach match likely. Um, those buckets, those schools can change within that. You want to make buckets of Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAI, and go visit them. 
if you're if you're definitely dead set that it's Division One or bust, go visit a Division Three school. Because one of two things is going to happen. You're going to realize that, hey, this might work for me. Wow, that's surprising. I didn't think that was going to happen. Or you're going to mm-hmm. go, oh, my gosh, I am going to work so hard now. Coach has been telling me, Cindy's been telling me to work on my putting, and, man, I am going to work on my putting now because it is now definitely Division One, and I know what I need to do because I don't want to go there. So things uh, are constantly changing on the junior golfer side of what they want. Things are constantly changing on the college golf coach of what they're needing, you know, within their team dynamic. Um, so right. this, 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 it's gotten a lot trickier now because of the inability to quote unquote communicate, but I've already heard many stories of how folks are getting around this. Um, yeah. but, you know, go, go and visit. I mean, drive your, your junior golfer through a college. You can find all the colleges on my site as well. Right now there's 2,170 in the database. Um, I even include some uh, Canadian colleges. I'm adding more of those simply because folks along the border might end up going there because it just fits them. It works for them. They have other interests. They they don't want to go to Florida. You know, I mean, it's uncomfortable for them. Um, So there, there are just so many things that you can do for your junior golfer. They're not going to understand what they're seeing, what they're hearing, but they go and do it two, three, four times. All of a sudden it starts to click. All of a sudden, their ideas come on. All of a sudden, when that time comes between their sophomore and junior year, when they can actually speak to a college coach, they can speak intelligently. And that mm-hmm. is a really, really big secret sauce because you'd be surprised. Has Cindy's promo there on learning to speak and, and uh, right. you know, how to communicate is so, so important um, and isn't always done just by text. <laughs> Right, and uh, again, well said. You know, I think the other thing, Maggie, I think the better informed the student is at the early stage, the better experience is going to be. The other thing I want to ask you, and, and Cindy, I know that you've we've talked about this many times on the show uh, about the parents' involvement. Obviously, the parents are going to be involved at that stage, but, um, you know, Cindy can attest that she's seen over the years many, many students who parents are a little too involved at times and actually becomes – uh, more of a hindrance. As a coach, when you see that happening and you see that there's a lot of uh, undue pressure being put on the student by their parents, how do you handle as a golf coach? Let's say the, the individual has now become part of your team. Um, you know, the last thing you don't want them to turn into a Rodney Dangerfield and end up, you know, actually enrolling into the school themselves and being on campus with their students. So when you see the parents sort of putting an undue uh, pressure on that child. How do you find balance, and how do you handle that delicate situation without really offending the parents, um, and at the same time, you know, creating further tension? So, how do you handle a situation like that where the parents are very aggressively trying to push their kid into a direction? That that's a it's a big red flag for ninety nine point nine percent of college coaches, um, simply because. Um, you know, the parent isn't there every day to see the interactions. And normally when they get involved, um, it's because their son or daughter isn't performing up to standards. They've 
they've really gotten into mm-hmm. a place that um, is over their head. And so now the parents are trying to save them because the big thing is don't, I don't want my kid disappointed. Right. And um, it's right. a really tough situation for the, for the now student athlete, for the college coach and, and even for the parent and for the administration. Um, so that's why I go back to go visit, 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 because hopefully at some point the junior golfer will speak up and say, wow, I'd really like to go there, but that's scary to me. Right. And uh, the other thing that happens, and I'm going to, if you have any parents listening or the junior golfers that are listening, um, you know, please express to your parents that it's so, so important for you to do the talking. That's why I get the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is powerful. Go see, go look before that opportunity comes. And when you go on the visit, you know, if you get the uh, uh, visit with the college coach, how about having your parents drop you off and say, hey, I got to run to a meeting. Uh, I'm going to go grab a coffee and take a phone call and leave your junior golfer with the college coach for, you know, 15, 30 minutes, whatever. When you come back to get them, uh, if the coach says, hey, so, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, that means they had a great time with your junior and now they're trying to get to know you. But, Sitting there and answering the questions for the junior golfer is just a dead, a dead time. It's just, it's painful. It's painful for the college coach and it's painful for the junior even uh, that, you know, their parents are just overriding them. And that's a red flag, you know, that you might, this, 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 this junior might really help my program, but my brain starts turning to how am I going to manage this relationship? Um, with someone who's kind of my peer, right? Because they're in sort of my age group, mm-hmm. and uh, that that it can it can get tough. I can tell you that. So let's drop yeah, the junior golfer off. <laughs> get involved when the money. Right. No. Happening, I, right. When it gets to scholarship time, then right. it's your turn because you're putting the bill, and now it's time for you to get involved. Right. Um, again, well said. You know, and, and that is a real issue, Maggie, because you know there's a lot of parents out there, unfortunately, and it may be well intended, but you know they see their their little one as the next rising rock star, if you will, in golf, and you know they want to, uh, you know, that success to continue. Maybe they've they've had some very promising junior um, wins or what have you that that have propelled them and, and created that interest, but now they've gotten to a point where they've you know ramped up their their um i don't want to say rhetoric but their their uh, attempts to push that child even further and a lot of times it actually has the opposite effect it actually causes the child to withdraw from something that you know they once loved now it becomes a burden and becomes cumbersome and it becomes you know sort of an, an anti uh positive experience and the other thing too and you, you mentioned this about overriding uh, i can tell you a number of situations where the student has gone uh, to be, you know, part of a college team, and their parent again wants to push them to be that rising star, and often overrides what the coach is telling them. You know, they come back, and the kid says, you know, hey, this is what we were talking about today. Well, you know, I think you need to be doing more of that. That's also an issue as well, correct? Yes, it is. It is an issue, and you know, it's the communication part, which obviously we all need to. <laughs> They're all communicating, um, whether it be on the golf course or in um, in the boardroom or uh, wherever that is. But you said something that that struck a chord was that uh, 
you know, everyone thinks that their child's the next rock star. And right. I've I've actually learned in 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 college coaching and and in in running this website and in meeting all of these parents. You know what? 99.9% of those parents are correct. They really are raising the next rock star. However, they're not going to become a rock star unless they get to the right environment. And, mm-hmm. and I, I really believe that in the right environment, everyone's a rock star, right? Because you're, you're in the right mm-hmm. arena where you can be that. Um, and that's what I hope that by just, I keep going back to this, you know, reach match likely and visiting, visiting, visiting. That's how you're going to find that. And that's how you're going to give your junior golfer the best opportunity to really flourish. And that's what we all want, right? I want it for every person I meet. Every parent wants it for their, for their, uh, their child. Um, so avoiding those tough situations, um, it, that's, that's how you can really get rid of a lot of this angst and, and a lot of the issues that you're, you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's a situation where, again, you know, they have to find the proper fit for them. It may not be a division one uh, college program that is going to be the best fit. It may be a two or three or something else. And the student is the one that's going to know what best suits them, not the parents. And, uh, you know, if they're pushing and prodding, I mean, it's okay to push a little bit, to an, or, or I would rather use the word encourage, but I think the student ultimately has to make the decision what fits right for them. And if the parents are, you know, sort of over-influencing uh, their decision-making and, and answering the questions, as you said, with the coach and not letting the student do that, then it gets to a point where the student really isn't doing anything, it's the parent. Um, and then they're not learning from that experience. And, you know, when disappointment comes at some point, which it all does for everybody, um, they're not going to know how to handle it because, you know, mom and dad aren't there to, to sort of bail them out. And uh, it just creates further problems. Um, Cindy, I, I know you've got some other uh, questions for Maggie as well, so go ahead. If there were parents of junior players or junior players right now listening, what would be the number one skill that a coach, that all coaches would like to see in a prospective player? Number one, well, you know, this is going to be a little bit hardcore in the answer, uh, but obviously if you can help that team be better, meaning your scores are going to help that team scoring average, and, and I'll explain that, that 75 in junior golf is not 75 in college golf. You might be that one in a million who actually goes to college and adapts well, and actually your scoring average does go down. I actually, in my time coaching, found one player who did that. But for the most part, your scores are going to go up because you're away from home and, you know, you're playing against all of a sudden now you're the little fish in the big pond against the 22-year-olds or 21-year-olds. Um, so for the most part, you, you have to imagine that your scores are going to go up, and that's a little bit of how a college coach looks at it. If you're shooting 72, they think you're probably going to be 74, 75. So really you want to be able to say, hey, you know, 
I've come here to visit because I think I'm a fit and I'm trending in the right direction. And as a matter of fact, I've already done some things that hopefully can help your team, right? But then how do I get there is short game, short game, short game, short game, short. Did I say short game? Short game. It's just (laughs) so important. I don't think any junior golfer leaves an interview with a college coach that they don't say, hey, get your short game better, you know, because at the end, that's, that's the, that's the magic at the end is you can save a bad day and you can make a good day. Great. And uh, so having a sharp short game goes a long way with these college coaches and your scoring, right? Because your scoring is going to be better. So right. let me ask well, you, well this. Said. even if you're a jerk, <laughs> I have a situation that, of course, I'm not going to put any names to it, but we know a student who has, is now on their third or fourth college, yep. and no one, because they think they, you know, they were left king, and so... I just think that, yes, you want someone to help the team, but that would mean more than just a score. Do you ever find that there's lone rangers who are really good players and everyone on the team hates them? Well, yeah, it, it does happen, right? I mean, you know, with the right coach, I mean, I went to Furman and Mick pitted us against each other every day. But, you know, back then you could do that. Nowadays, you know, everybody's got to get along and um, – you know, I, I think that, um, you know, coaches tend to keep looking for the same team dynamic, absolutely. But, you know, when you're that good and you're that good, you know, if a coach gets desperate, they'll, they'll, take, a, they'll, they'll take a chance, right? But, you know, they do want to know that you want to be there in that school and that um, – you know, you have your reason of why you want to go to that school and that you're, you're going to have the coaches back, right? But, but not everybody's going to have every coach's back. Um, but, yeah, sometimes that's why number, you know, one of the deciding factors on – I got the number 450 ranked, in which I hate these rankings, but anyway, I got the number 450 and I got the number 100. And the coach takes number 450 because – they got to know them, they trust them, they see their potential, um, and they see problems maybe with the number 100. But that doesn't mean the next coach might not get along with number 100. I don't, you know, that goes back to the strawberry ice cream, vanilla ice cream, and uh, coffee toffee, right? Got it, got it. Thank you. That helps a lot. So, That's- you know, I, I, I wouldn't say no, never, but I would say probably that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah. And you know, it's got to be about fitting in, as you said, I mean, you know, you might be um, a phenomenal player and obviously you would be an asset to the team, but you have to learn to get along with your teammates as well, because it's not, um, you know, it's not the same as playing as an individual out on the LPGA tour or, or some other tour. Um, now you're part of an organization and you're there to represent and if you're trying to play your own game um, to the point where it becomes counter 
counterproductive or counterintuitive to, to the overall program, then you're not really, I don't care what your score you're shooting, you're no longer an asset. Um, you become then, in my opinion, a liability. Um, and unfortunately, it goes back to what you talked about a few minutes ago about, you know, the parents sometime trying to impose their will onto a, a college or university thinking, okay, well, my kid's the next rock star here, so you need to put them, you know, in, in your team and, and let them shine. Well, that's great and that's wonderful, but if the kid comes in with a chip on their shoulder and an attitude, um, that's not an easy situation for, for a coach to work with, correct? Yes. I mean, for the most part, I think in today's day and age, a college coach is going to shy away from that. They're going to, like, as I said Mm -hmm. earlier, be a little bit on the desperate side. If they have a choice, um, you know, they're always going to choose the one that they feel most comfortable with. But that being said, coaches feel comfortable with different things. Um, But most of them would prefer to have a job the next year. And I have seen it time and time again. As a matter of fact, I'm, you know, right now updating all of our college coach changes. And as I'm doing it, my heart breaks because I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember what happened with that coach. Oh, brutal, brutal what happened. And most of these coach changes are due to a parent, (laughs) you know, kind of being like, Mm -hmm. I'll have the last laugh here. And, you know, you're talking about somebody's livelihood where if there's eight or ten kids on the roster – you know, nine out of the ten are okay, and just the one wasn't, and mm-hmm. that happened. So, yeah. you know, I won't say that your kid's going to completely get blackballed if 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 you're not, uh, you know, easy to get along with, or your child's not easy to get along with. Um, but you know, if you can become a little easier to get along with, you you might improve your chances of being. Uh, recruited and ha- and have uh, have more uh, more more chances, right? Right. Well, the and, optimum and, really point. Right. The optimal point here really is you're part of a team now. Uh, it's uh, again, obviously, you know, you're you're playing somewhat as an individual, but you're part of a team and an organization, and you have to, you know, become a well-oiled machine, and that takes time and and development both by the coach and but also there's efforts have to be made by the players as well and if they're you know if they're coming in there as i said with with an attitude or or an expectation that they're going to be you know thrust into the forefront um then that creates problems not only for the coach but the other players as well because then they're not feeling comfortable and and you know uh, uh, having a a good experience and that's not fair to them so you know you, you just have to really uh, I think as a parent, you have to take a step back and say, okay, I, I'm going to let my child go there and I'm going to let them, you know, be the best them that they can be. And I'm going to stay out of this and I'm going to do my best to, to give them, um, you know, direction, if you will, but not to the point that it's going to impede the efforts uh, of, of the other people involved. So um, some great advice. And uh, I think um, Maggie, you know, I think what you've got here with, with the, your will to golf uh, website, is uh, is really great for the industry as a whole, uh, particularly for junior golf. Uh, I know a lot of parents always wonder, well, where do I start? How do I go to do that? So very quickly, if you wouldn't mind, as we wrap up, just let the, the folks know um, the website and also mention again the promo that uh, you're very generously offering to the listeners of the show, and then we'll wrap up. Okay, so it's www.will.com. 
a numerical two golf golf dot com, and the promo code is C for Cindy, M for Miller, G O L F. And if you could just give me maybe say till ten thirty, I'll get that loaded in, and you can go there and sign up. While you're waiting, uh, we have tons and tons of free information. You can sign up for a trial account, which is perfectly free, and play around with the site and see how things work, and then you can upgrade from there with your, uh, with your promo code. Um, if you have any questions, I'll welcome your phone call at 804-432-5034. You can find that on the site as well. Um, I'm just you know, out there trying to help junior golf, trying to help things make, make things easier. Um, it's just, it's been a passion project for sure uh, that, you know, I just growing and growing every day. And, you know, I feel like the more folks we get involved, the more folks can help folks and do it uh, where, you know, there's more opportunity for all. There's a community here. Right. Thank you uh, again, so, well said. so much. Yeah, thank you very much, Maggie, for not only joining us, but for doing what you do. I mean, as I said, there's a lot of, uh, you know, not only junior golfers, but parents out there, too, that are confused at what's the next step and where to go. So, obviously, they can visit your website, willtogolf.com, and explore uh, free of charge some of the the great uh, opportunities there and then uh, make an informed decision to uh, become a member of the site, and you're going to give us a a great uh, opportunity for the listeners uh, by entering promo code CMGOLF. Uh, give her a little bit of time, folks, to uh, uh, to get that code implemented, but uh, visit the site anyways. In the meantime, willtogolf.com. Maggie, thank you very much for joining Cindy and I this morning here on the Women of Golf Show. It's been a pleasure, and we hope you come back and visit us. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. Have a great All week. Right. All right. That was our very special guest, Maggie Will, the founder of willtogolf.com. Uh, again, visit the site, and after the show, uh, give her a little bit of time, but uh, enter promo code CMGOLF uh, into uh, the uh, area provided, and uh, you can join and save uh, $25 off the regular uh, subscription price of $75, uh, and it'll become $50, uh, and then just $10 a month uh, thereafter. So thank you, everybody, for joining us this morning. Congratulations again to Patty uh, Tavatanakit for winning the Sioux Falls Great Life Challenge. And Cindy and I will be back next week with another great uh, uh, discussion with our guests here on the Women of Golf Show. God bless everybody, and thanks, Cindy, as always, and have a great day. Thanks, Todd. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.